Whistleblower Report, exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report vaccine segment. This is Dr. Lee for America, and I'm here with our international team of experts. And today we welcome a new member of our vaccine report team, Andrea Klerich from Croatia, who is a citizen activist, journalist, and has been leading the expose in Croatia, holding the regulatory body there accountable for their malfeasance in the management of the COVID pandemic and all the vaccine mandates. Andrea was interviewed with Hedley Reese and myself for Inside Pharma this past week. You can check that interview out on the whistleblowerreports.org and the archive on americaoutloud.com. So Andrea will be joining us going forward as his schedule allows with Dr. Gilthorpe from Sweden and Dr. Mike Yeadon from the UK. And all of you have been listening to the vaccine report and know the wealth of expertise that Dr. Yeadon and Dr. Gilthorpe bring to us from their scientific background that dovetails with my medical background as a practicing physician, seeing the damage that they as scientists have been warning about. So together we make a unique team bringing you the truth about vaccination, not just the COVID shots, but broader concerns about vaccination. And Dr. Yeadon has brought to our attention something I've been concerned about in the United States over the last two to three years, and that is the assault on our food supply with mRNA vaccines being used for vegetables, livestock, and poultry. And these are our food sources, and this is another assault on our food supply and the latest that Dr. Yeadon has brought to us to briefly discuss today, and then we'll do a whole show about this, is the use, misuse, and the lies about avian flu as a means of destroying the egg-laying hens and our food supply with chicken and eggs. So then following that discussion today, we're going to go into some myths and truths about vaccination and the sordid history 
of the lies the public has been told. So Dr. Eden, share with us the news that you are bringing today, and we'll do more on the problems with this avian flu deception in the weeks ahead, but let's at least plant the seed for people today. Yeah. So thank you very much. Yeah, Dr. Lee, good to be back uh, with you again and to be able to speak to your audience. Yes, I happen to notice, um, as many of us will have done, you know, various uh, issues and, and the uh, disasters happening to uh, our food production systems all around the world, ranging from uh, you know, major difficulties in obtaining nitrogenous fertilizers, you know, most of it, a lot of it comes from Russia and Ukraine, by sheer coincidence, all the way down to things like um, bird flu or alleged bird flu in the in the uh, egg-laying uh, flocks of, of America and probably in other places. So I just saw this item yesterday about the so-called highly pathogenic avian influenza. Sounds a made-up name, doesn't it? Bird flu, basically. And, and apparently it's been moving around the, the US uh, for the last three and a half years. And based on the uh, tried and not trusted uh, PCR method, the same basic method that they've used, folks, to um, uh, create a pandemic that isn't real for COVID, they're creating, uh, uh, quote, infected flocks. And apparently, even if you've got thousands of birds, if one bird has a not negative test, that's, that, that sounds dreadful, doesn't it? If you don't get a clean bill of health on every test, there is a danger that the um, agricultural department or whatever will, will condemn your flock. And you don't get it. You, nothing you can do about it. Um, and they, they, you know, they come in and kill all your birds. They give you minor compensation. They make you wait for something like six weeks as a minimum quarantine period. Uh, and then you have to apply for a license to be a farmer of egg laying birds again, which is a bureaucratic process. So these people are out of action for six to nine months. And if you are a farmer uh, who's right on the margin, you know, maybe you inherited the farm from your dad and your grandfather and it doesn't really make any money. You could be pushed to a position where you'll, you'll sell up. And that's what they want. That's what they want. They want people to not, no longer have access to non-industrialized food. That's what I think anyway. So I, and I think the bottom line is that when people have done freedom of information requests, they've been unable to obtain evidence that, that, that the so-called virus has been purified. Um, they have been uh, told that the number of cycles used in this you know, unsuitable non-diagnostic test, the PCR test, are, are, are high, inappropriately high. And so it, it would seem to me, even if this was all honest and we just had a technical problem, they would be doing it wrong uh, and therefore condemning lots of birds. And so you conclude, conclude it's, not, it's not genuine. Uh, it's part of the, the beasts, as it were, that are attacking us. So I could use all day talking about it, but yep, that's, this is what's happening to lots of our, our you know, poor neighbours who are running big farms and small. Well, you're absolutely right. And in the US, there have been tens of millions of egg-laying hens and chicken used for food that have been slaughtered under the government directives for exactly the reasons you're saying. And Americans are still unaware of the reasons that their, the egg prices have gone through the roof and that eggs are not available. It is very chilling and people are still asleep. That's one reason I wanted to 
bring this out today and we will do an in-depth show on it because it it's just it's horrific to me it's not only damaging to humans but i just i just can't even wrap my mind around the wanton slaughter of millions of living creatures that are done under this political evil from our government they are in our our agencies have been weaponized against the american people and agencies around the world as all of you can speak to from the European Medicines Regulatory Authority, the UK Medical Authority, and Andrea has talked about the Croatian Medical Authority. So it, it leads into all that we've all been bringing out in our respective areas of the world. Government is weaponized against the people to destroy our food supply and our lives. That is the bottom line. Thank you, Dr. Yeadon. And we'll talk more about that in an upcoming segment. Um, Dr. Gilthorpe and Andrea, any comments you want to make about what's just been said? We'd love to hear them. And then we'll go into the myths and truths about vaccination in general. Uh, yes, Dr. Lee. I mean, yeah, it, it's an assault on, the, on, the, on our food source, basically. We, we're seeing this from all quarters now. Uh, and as the as the gates or the walls of this prison move slowly slowly in um you know one side is digital id digital currency the other is complete supply over our food source and the other one i guess is complete control over our supply of energy and i think that's what's behind this drive for electrical everything because then you can control through smart grids um people's access to energy supplies, the, their ability to heat and, you know, heat the homes and warm themselves. You see in the US, they're banning uh, natural gas or gas use, gas stoves, similar things happening in the UK. I mean, there's an abundance of gas in, in, in the oil fields, um, but these things are being restricted because the governments want to get con complete control over everything. No, you're exactly right. And there's more, there's more natural gas in the United States than under under our our soil than perhaps any other fuel supply and you're right they're shutting off production that was the first thing biden did when he was installed after the stolen election shut it shut down the keystone pipeline which yeah. would have made the united states energy independent um, andrea what are you seeing from croatia Maybe, maybe uh, we should first thank you for the show and thank you for inviting me. And it's really a pleasure to be uh, in your group. Uh, I covering all your work from your guests, from your guests, and um, I'm honored to be here. Maybe we can look, take a look in Croatia for the next few months. Why? Because from the first of July, you know, Croatia is in Europe last ten years, European Union last ten years. We entered in the 1st of July uh, 2013. And we had a 10 years moratorium for selling land from Croatia to private persons. Selling not only land for houses, also agricultural land. That means from yesterday, anybody from European Union can buy agricultural land in Croatia. Why is this important? 
I have experience of 24 years in agriculture. I was trading from 1990 to 2014. And even I had some uh, plantations I was producing from the fruit and I saw where it's going, why, uh, how they are trying to control production of food. But I didn't realize why, what is the reason. Now, when you see that in the creation, there is agriculture uh, land enough to feed almost half Europe. Now we have to see who will be the one who will be interesting in to buy this agricultural land and also how they will go plan to grow something from it. I, I will not say nothing in front, except that our prime minister, who is a really a puppet of Ursula von der Leyen, and he's listening everything what Klaus Schwab say and doing this. Last week, he reminded us that Croatia will be first digitalized country in Europe who will show example how digitalization should look like. He said this few times uh, in a few months ago that he's focused on digitalization, energy supplying and climate changes. And as you know, these three topics are the main topics of European policy, and everything is connected to this. Agriculture is connected to climate changes, you know, that cows making nitro and they are, they are uh, polluting uh, uh, air. Also, uh, all kind of uh, agricultural production, as we see now in the Netherlands, is dangerous for the future, for the climate, and for um, overpopulation, as they mentioning all the time. And also we know what digitalization mean. Also, for example, I have to mention, there is a one big uh, producer of electric cars in Croatia and how now he received last month, just, just last month, suddenly 180 million euros from a European commission to build up a new self-driving taxis. And I see through these steps that really our prime minister is planning to make creation a prototype example of country, how all countries should look like in European Union. That is very chilling. Uh, Croatia had has finally escaped Soviet control and become and now they are under the totalitarian control of the WEF and Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates literally creating a spider web of tentacles controlling the freedom of the people again so, uh, may i ask a question uh, of andrea what's his what is his take on uh, the degree to which his fellow Croatian citizens believe what they're being told and what percentage suspect that they're being misled. I mean, in England, it seems everybody pretty much believes the government. Well, not quite, but you don't, you don't really see strong signs of um, rebellion, not like France, for example. But I wonder, what, what, what is your take on, on Croatia, Andrea? Uh, we, we were lucky. We were before in a communist regime until 1990. And we are used to it to not to trust the government. Mm. 
And that's why we did not trust the government the last three years. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, really, nobody, nobody wants to take vaccine anymore for already six months. At, at the same time, uh, we don't trust nothing new, especially this climate changes. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, I, I'm optimistic in, in, in this area because wherever somebody mentioned, uh, for example, digital money, what is coming, because just two days ago they announced it, that digital euro will come and we enter in the eurozone this year. And uh, I see, according to the reaction on, the, on, the, on this uh, social media, that nobody really trusts the government. And then I have to really do a very hard job to, uh, to force us to accept it. Because now, after these three years of uh, this um, COVID terror, now we're doubting everything what our government says. I'm good. optimistic about this. Fantastic. That's so good to hear, isn't it? <laughs> and Lee and yeah, John. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. You know, it, it's encouraging and, and tragic both that those countries that escaped communism particularly croatia and, and we look at others behind the iron curtain in eastern europe that had terrible ordeals and lost many lives under communism they have been standing for medical freedom and the freedom of their citizens during the covid terror in ways that america failed to do when America had been the beacon of freedom to the world. And, and actually, it was the voice of America that helped give hope to people under the Soviet domination with communism taking over Eastern Europe. And yet now the voice of America has become a bumbling fool and the voice of totalitarianism and Marxism. It's really an encouraging that these, these countries like Croatia are not capitulating to the COVID terror. Absolutely. Well, uh, there is also something uh, what uh, really I want to mention here. You know, we knew for a long time already there is a part of politicians who were trained to become uh, in, ch in charge in Croatia are coming from the same area. Uh, Croatia signed this uh, uh, Agenda 21 in 1992 already. We became independent in 1991. And just a year after that, we signed uh, Agenda 21, what is now the Agenda 2030. Mm. And now, last 10 years, exactly 13 years in charge of our country are people who were working in Ministry of Foreign Affairs. All of them were employed then. And now people are remembering, and now they said it's not coincidence. For example, our ex-president, Kolinda Grabar-Kriktarovic, she's a member of Trilaterara, She's in the Minister of Foreign Affairs from 1993, I think, or two or three, it doesn't matter. And now she became, just a week ago, member of WHO uh, Board of, for Future Preparedness for Future pandemic, uh, Pandemics. 
Oh my heavens. That's in meantime, really meantime, she was ambassador in the United States. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, I don't know if you heard me say this, uh, Andrea, but the more I thought about it, uh, as someone with immuno immunological knowledge, I believe that pandemics of severe, certainly respiratory illnesses, are immunologically implausible, if not impossible. So uh, basically, the, the more severe, the more it's self-limiting. You don't need an international plan. It can't happen. And it's never happened. The 1918 Spanish flu was, was, uh, has been amplified and lied about and faked, and all the other so-called pandemics since have, have been of no great significance or not real at all. So why would, we, why would we bend our sovereignty out of shape regarding the WHO? And the answer is they're using, they're using a lie uh, as a, and fear as a way of, of extracting sovereignty and giving it to other people. And I, I think it's worth telling people that, explaining that you, you're being, we are all being set up on the basis of, of something that's a, it's just a, a fiction, complete fiction. Yeah, yes, I understand this. A lot of people already know this because they are covering you and your work already for three years. And now oh. they are aware of lots of things. Good. Thank God for that. Well, <laughs> and that's an example of what we've been talking about that if those who have open eyes to see the evil behind this agenda to take lives, destroy food, destroy energy, destroy people's freedom, if those of us who see this so clearly do not speak up and stand against this evil as most of the, for example, the German pastors in World War II failed to do. 18,000 pastors in Germany in the 30s, and only 3,000 had the courage to speak against the Nazi evil. And as a result, we see what happened. So when those who see it don't speak, then we become complicit with evil. That's why it's so important what all of us are doing, even when it is at personal risk to our careers and perhaps even our lives. We don't know, but we cannot remain silent. And I'm grateful that God has brought all of us together to be a voice to bring more people to the truth of what is happening. I, I thank you all for your courage in doing that. I would, I would like to add at this point, Dr. Lee, and this is important for everyone to realize that the basic premise of Agenda 2030 is a complete transformation of the current capitalist system that we live in and of most countries have existed in for the last couple of thousand years or more, that you know, through owning personal property, you then make a living out of that by producing or selling or renting. In the new proposed system under Agenda 2030, everything will be owned by the super state, uh, by the new world order, you could call it, uh, because that's what it is. Uh, we will own nothing and be happy, as Charles Schwab of the World Economic Forum says. And this is very interesting what Andrea is saying, because this all links in with that plan. 
we're just seeing the beginnings of it now. You know, the tide is creeping in. The waves will start to crash over the next couple of years. But the plan is that we own nothing by 2030. And every single resource on the planet is mapped uh, digitally uh, and it's controlled centrally through some kind of AI supercomputer system. And the AI and supercomputer systems will be controlled and directed by a handful of global elites. We look at yeah. Bill Gates, we look at Klaus Schwab, we, we look at the big, the Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, all the, the owners of Google, Alphabet. And we look at the way in which all of this handful of big tech billionaire, multi-billionaire global elites are creating a stranglehold on every human being in the world and plant life and animal life and the, and the weather. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't stop. No, I mean, exactly. We, we will be, we're going back to serfdom. We're going back to a system where you have a small uh, elite controlling all the world's resources and everyone else is, if they're allowed to live, uh, is just a, a pawn in that system. And that, that is the goal. Um, and anyone that wants to call that conspiracy theory, go and read the data from Agenda 2030, Agenda 21, and the previous versions of that. Uh, it's very clearly written in there that, you know, and we've been told we'll own nothing and we'll be very happy about it. And there is a familiar name for that. We know that from before. This name is communism. Yeah, it's ex exactly. It's a communist system on, on, on steroids, one would say. Well, that was exactly my thought, Dr. Gilthorpe, that it is communism taken to orders of magnitude worse. Because when I was in the Soviet Union, in the 1970s, and when I was behind the Iron Curtain in Eastern Europe in 1979, people still had, a, a, they had creative ways around the communist control. Now, communism exerted a stranglehold and, and fear and by fear and intimidation, no question. But people's individuality, creativity, and the um, what went on under the table behind the scenes, Argentina, we experienced that in 2013. In Argentina, it was under socialist control and, and they people found a way around the currency control and the massive inflation by doing individual agreements. But with what Dr. Yeadon and all of us have been warning about, with the central bank digital currency, none of those avenues will be available to people once they lock it down and you are controlled by a digital ID, your money is controlled by the, the central powers in the central bank and they can shut it off if they don't like what you want to buy. And, and so a lot of what helped people maintain survival under communism is being closed down. So that's why I say, yes, it's communism, but it's, it's communism, as you said, on steroids 
and they have they will have so tightened the controls there won't be any access to food anywhere in the world or fuel or people's money and with that let's take a break and we'll come back with the second half to talk more about the myths and truths of vaccination this is dr lee for america check out our website www.truthforhealth.org sign up for our email alerts donate to support our critically important work to bring you truth and hope and solutions against the lies and deceptions and listen to us every day monday through friday at 12 noon and 12 midnight on america out loud talk radio we'll be right back after the break Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America with my international team for the Vaccine Report. Dr. Mike Eden, a world-renowned, outspoken critic of the COVID terror tactics and the lies about the COVID shots and the COVID pandemic. Dr. Jonathan Gilthorpe. Swedish scientist, immunologist, and researcher, also a courageous voice, speaking truth about the vaccine lies. And now joining us from Croatia is Andrea Kleteric, a civilian activist with a background as an entrepreneur and a major food producer in Croatia for many years before some of the recent events began to force him to change careers. And now he's a businessman in a different field and exposing the lies and deceptions from the Croatian government and medicines regulatory authority in Croatia. So quite a team bringing you a perspective from the UK, Sweden, Croatia, and right here in the United States. Welcome to everyone. And we wanted to talk further today with an overview of a practical summary for all of you to really understand the myths and the lies about the vaccination program over the last 40 to 50 years. What are some of the truths that have been hidden from the public? And I think we want to start with the fundamental lie that vaccination has been the main contributor to the 20th century decline in infectious disease. It's something I've spoken about over my medical career, but I know Dr. Eden and Dr. Gilthorpe have some thoughts about that as well. What are some of the real contributors to the decline in infectious diseases like measles, diphtheria, whooping cough, tetanus, and influenza. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just really quick. I mean, it's a topic that we could talk about for ages, but just to cut to the chase, um, there are are several books where we could list them, I'll put them in the show notes, where people can go and check this out for themselves. But the, the fact is that as people's diet and living conditions have improved, so their nutrition is better and they have a better general state of health. So these once dread diseases have faded and faded and faded. And here's the key point. In, in almost every case, the, the prevalence, the frequency with which these diseases would appear in, in each country 
had fallen by something like 90%, sometimes 98% before, before folks, the introduction of the first vaccine against that disease. And then they'll, they'll, they'll do a, um, a victory dance saying, oh, look, measles has gone away or whatever. But actually, if you went back and looked at the, uh, say, like a, a last hundred years in, in England, every one of these diseases fell away, fell away, fell away. And then in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, they introduced vaccines and said, these things are a miracle. This is what you always hear. And I believed it too. The most important, uh, most miraculous medical advance in human history is vaccination against infectious diseases. And I'm afraid the data doesn't support that at all. They've just, just lied to us from the beginning, and it's not true. Jonathan. Well, and the bigger part of, of that picture, in addition to better nutrition, this all began to improve with better sanitation. Of course. Instead yeah. of dumping sewage into the streets and rivers directly, yeah. better sanitation cleaner water and better hygiene with the proper disposal of human and animal waste. That's one of the biggest points that the current lie totally overlooks because better sanitation was coming into play in the 1900s, 1890s, 1900s. Yeah. And I think there's been quite a lot of sneakiness as well in that uh, people who have had uh, illnesses especially if they're kind of rather vague and non-specific, but people are ill. Uh, I think some of them have been given titles that uh, aren't necessarily correct. Uh, and we may not even know what they are, what they were caused by uh, e- even now. But the general improvement, as you say, in sanitation, you know, food, water, clean water. Uh, so, but yeah, basically they've got better immune systems, general health, and they're not being uh, fed, you know, uh, contaminated, food and water and those things um have meant that you know people didn't they didn't need artificial help from the pharmaceutical industry they just didn't need it also another thing to mention it's very important that for example in the 1918 so-called spanish flu uh, even dr fauci has said that the majority of people who perished did so through untreatable um bacterial pneumonia so they didn't die of spanish flu they they died of uh, these were these were people who were shell shocked, undernourished, frightened, and barracked in enormous uh, camps as they were demobilizing after the war, and and whatever it is they got, maybe it was you know, a normal uh, pneumococcal pneumonia, and they perished in their thousands. But it, you know, so it wasn't some contagious, mysterious virus that struck down only young people. That's absurd. That's never happened. That isn't what's happened. We were lied to. They, they, so the, in fact, these are a case in point of people who could readily be killed by, by something that can easily be sorted by clean water, better nutrition. Here's the key, key point. And, and I, I, I still have faith in antibiotics. They do actually work. And that's why there's been a lot more deaths during the COVID era, because prescriptions for antibiotics for chest infections were slashed by, in America, 50%. And a lot of people died of untreated bacterial pneumonia at home, even quite young people. No question, Dr. Yee. Ghastly way to to go. Yeah. They were absolutely prohibiting. The the government was directing hospital-based physicians not to use the antibiotics. I know that for a fact because we tried to rescue people. And I know that doctors' outpatient practices doctors were censored from prescribing 
the known antivirals like hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and antibiotics. We had trouble getting those prescriptions filled by pharmacists who were give it, capitulating to the government agenda. And I'm glad you brought up the 1918 influenza pandemic that was really a pandemic of untreated bacterial pneumonia, just as COVID was. And then we go to another myth that vaccinated individuals do not put others at risk. Now, veterinarians have known that shed vaccine, you know, shedding after vaccination is a problem in animal populations. And public health officials are aware and finally admitting that vaccinated individuals can spread the disease for which they've been vaccinated for up to several weeks or months after the vaccine. And Dr. Gilthorpe, you have a whole career looking at immunity and aspects of that. There's a myth that vaccinations give lifelong immunity. Could you speak to that? Um, yes, Dr. Lee. I mean, well, one thing I've learned in the last three or four years is if there's ever a subject which is absolutely taboo and you're not allowed to speak about in, in public, uh, it usually means something's been covered up. <laughs> um, Good point. <laughs> and for me, vaccination was one of those things previously that I never, ever questioned. I just assumed that it was good for everybody. And OK, there were some risks maybe from things in adjuvants and some people occasionally had a, a, a bad reaction to a vaccine. But these were very, very low risks. Uh, and actually, until COVID-19 vaccines came along, that still probably holds quite true. Although I now have to question, you know, the reason why, for example, uh, infants in, in the US are given, I think, 72 vaccinations in their first few years of life. Um, this is just ridiculous. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I always assumed that the vaccines had helped um, remove all these serious diseases because that's the dogma but is that actually true I, I don't think it is anymore actually and I would look very carefully at every individual vaccine to see if there was a real benefit for using that vaccine versus the risks of potential side effects um, well if we look at the data and and you look at the <laughs> you look at the government narrative yeah. if vaccines gave immunity for life why are they recommending boosters every six months or every yeah. year? It's yeah. absurd. Of course, the immunity from the vaccinations wears off because it doesn't address humoral immunity or what we call cellular immunity or T-cell immunity. And we already yeah. know that the COVID, the people who got vaccinated for COVID are the ones getting sicker from COVID and the more boosters they get, the more likelihood they have of getting a COVID illness yeah. after and the vaccination. And outbreaks of measles and whooping cough have yeah. occurred in fully vaccinated populations. So it's a lie. Yeah, it is a lie. And I would also, I mean, there's the other flip side of that is how much damage or harm is being caused by the vaccination programs uh, that we don't, you know, isn't recognized medically as really being caused by those programs. Well, we had a real-time experiment now ongoing uh, because what happened in Florida after the COVID-19 vaccinations is this thing called vaccine hesitancy increased dramatically, which meant that childhood vaccinations decreased from 90-something percent down to about 79 percent in 2021 as parents 
probably became suspicious and didn't want to get their children vaccinated. So in coincident, perfectly coincident with that um, decrease in vaccination, the amount of all-cause infant mortality, basically childhood, you know, infant unexplained deaths, cot deaths, if you like, went down by 9% uh, for children or infants under one year of age in Florida. That's staggering. There is a very close correlation between infant vaccination and childhood deaths. Now, is is the risk-reward still on the side of mass vaccination programs? Do infants require all those 72 vaccinations that are on the US uh, program? I very much doubt it. And they never remove any. They just add new no. Jonathan, take any off. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I've seen statistics um, in other countries as well uh, that line up with what you've said. That uh, Just to say that again to the audience, that there, there's clearly been a general increase in um, concern about safety of vaccines, and not just COVID, but extending to cr- across the whole class. And so as fewer children get vaccinated, we have seen fewer cases of SID, sudden infant death syndrome. It's a small but significant uh, reduction pretty much everywhere where mass vaccination programs in children have have, reduced, have fallen back. And I'm afraid, folks, that there, there, is, there is a <laughs> it's a pretty blindingly obvious conclusion that mass vaccination of infants is responsible every year for you know a substantial number of those babies dying. Yeah, I don't know how many, but we're probably talking you know a, a few scores in in a country the size of Britain, I mean, and that's that's an utter scandal. Um, yeah, that's what's yeah, been I mean, happening. If we're going to be scientific about it, there could well be a, a you know a, a, a risk benefit equation yeah. which still. Understood. But the point is that these are never recognized as vaccine-associated deaths. They're just called cot deaths or SIDS, yeah. and, and yeah. the cause is never investigated. Exactly. And, well, how and can something... you even calculate a risk-benefit ratio accurately yeah. you if can't. you're not reporting the risk? And I can't even, as a physician, comprehend giving an infant with a developing immune system that many shots with that many unknown effects and that many adjuvants. I can't comprehend it. No, no. And in fact, I want to say something that occurred to me. Uh, it occurred to me about a year ago, and then it occurred to me again in the last week since we last spoke. And Jonathan, you said it exactly right. Wh- why is it that you can't um, you you can't express doubts about vaccines? You can't even ask a question about vaccines, you will be canceled, you will be called a conspiracy theorist, you'll be told you're stupid. You literally can't ask a question about vaccines or express the faintest doubt about the safe and effective profile. And and what occurred to me uh, in the past and again last week with Forbes was this. It's the only category of product from the pharmaceutical industry, biopharmaceuticals, it's the only category for which that really weird characteristic applies, that you cannot ask a question, you cannot express the slightest concern. And yet we know that every medical treatment comes with some degree of of risk. You wanna know what it is. And you're told with vaccines, one, you can't ask, and two, there are no side effects. We're told there are no side effects. And And I've asked, the, I've racked my brains, I'm afraid I've come to an unpleasant conclusion. I've racked my brains, why is it like this? Why 
uniquely is this category of product from the same industry. You can criticize you know, heart drugs or, or blood clotting drugs if they go wrong. You can't ask questions or challenge vaccines. Why? And, and I'm afraid the conclusion I've come to is that they're, they are, a, I think, they are a fake category. And I think they have always been envisaged to be used to control people and ultimately kill them. That's a shocking, it's a shocking statement. And that they don't follow one from the other. But it is true that you can't question or ask challenges. And it is true that these mRNA-based shots are designed to injure, maim, and kill. So uh, that this has radically changed my thinking because, you know, I'm joining some dots and um, it, it kind of fits. I've wondered for years why it is you can't ask questions or challenge about vaccines, but you can about other medical products without being cast down, cancelled, and called a conspiracy theorist. How strange is that? Well, I think that's a good question people need to really think about because yeah. when something is covered up, there's always a lie behind what they're telling you. Andrea, you've lived with this under communism. So tell us what your thoughts are in response to Dr. Eden and Dr. Gilford. And you know that I'm not, my background is not medical. And, but anyhow, I have common sense and I have lots of experience in business. And usually when you when you do something, when you produce something, you produce from some kind of market. That means somebody who needs your product. For example, I was producing food and people who are my customers or people who want to use my product. Uh, pharmaceutical industry should produce product for people who are sick. Vaccines are people who are healthy. And there is no better business model then sell something to healthy people. And after that, maybe this will make them more ill. And then they become your long time or long life customer of yours. And we know the people who are in charge in pharmaceutical industries are focusing on making profit for their uh, shareholders, not to give a health to people who are using their products. They want to uh, intensify their profit, uh, return on investment for their shareholders, and finally results for them should be money, not health. And as we know already from the experience that the major pharmaceutical companies even calculate they will, they will pay huge fines for, for example, corruption or lying, and it's still profitable enough to do it. And when we know that from the experience, it's very easy to understand why they want nobody to ask nothing about vaccines, because marketing succeeds to make this vaccine as a dogma, and they don't want to use this position, lose this position. That's my point of view as an economist and entrepreneur. Well, and that's a critical point to balance the medical and scientific that the three of us were talking about, because it, big pharma and big vaccination programs have become a massive global multi-billion dollar business 
while they maim and destroy human beings. It, I've watched it over my career because when I started in medicine, we did not have any, I mean, it, there were just two or three childhood vaccinations that were offered. And I watched it escalate exponentially when big pharma in the United States of America basically threatened President Ronald Reagan with, if you don't give us full immunity across the board on all of our vaccine products, full immunity, what other company has full immunity to a product they make to inject into people or even serve the public, sell to the public? And they threatened President Reagan with the fact that if he vetoed that bill to give them full immunity, they would stop manufacturing all vaccines worldwide. And so basically using extortion and threats and blackmail, Big Pharma got that massive immunity bill passed in the United States and the, and the childhood vaccination skyrocketed because once something in the United States goes on the childhood vaccination schedule, that's why they're putting so many on there, it is then totally immune from any liability for damage except through the Vaccine Injury Court, which hardly awards any injury compensation. And since I wasn't a pediatrician, I didn't realize totally how much this had escalated. I did my pediatrics rotations in medical school, and there were hardly any vaccinations at that time. But wow, what I have learned in the last 15 to 20 years, seeing what's happening to children and the rising autism and childhood diseases and autoimmune conditions is truly staggering. So it fits with what all of you are saying. Totally. I, I would, what I would like to add so that people think about this, though, that up until recently, up until COVID, it was perhaps the manufacturers and, and the, you know, the people in the regulators and on the childhood vaccination boards that were corrupt. But now, actually, it's the government's requiring that the uh, pharma manufacturers produce these vaccines. And I think that's important to ask the question, why? Why is vaccine passports linked to our digital ID becoming the central core of future society? And, and I believe that that's because digital IDs will need to be followed up and checked periodically. And the best way to do that is if you can then take a DNA sample from someone, which will be done uh, con in conjunction with a vaccination. You can also stick whatever you want into someone's body at the same time. So now vaccines are actually being used as, as a part of the uh, future control grid, I would say, um, rather than just, uh, you know, a, a cash cow for the pharma industry built upon what was previously perceived to be something that was very good for public health. I think you're exactly right. And that ties in with what Dr. Eden has been warning about. And in the time we have left today, I'd like to, to hear from Dr. Eden and Andrea and all of us talking about the control of the mm. human population through the vaccination program, vaccine passport, and tying that to the digital ID. Dr. Eden, you have been tireless and courageous in your warning on this front. Yeah. Okay. I'll, again, I'll repeat briefly what I've said time, time again. 
Um, I think Jonathan Gilthorpe is absolutely right. I, I foresee a time when digital ID won't be optional and an advantage uh, as they're painting it at the moment, it will become mandatory and you'll need to present it ahead of every transaction and crossing every regulated threshold and folks, every threshold could be regulated. So, and then all they need to do is to say that the continued validity of your digital ID, which is your passport to life, is you need to uh, get whatever vaccinations are recommended by the WHO, for example. So they only need to tell you, it may not be true, that there's a, you know, there's a new disease going around and you need to get your jabs. And if you don't, your digital ID will, will have some flag on it, which will mean restrictions for you in terms of movement, perhaps, and purchases. And if you're really recalcitrant and don't turn up ever, then you'll find that your ability to move things, to do anything in society will be curtailed. Uh, and so that's what I think is going to happen. So I think our last chance as sovereign human beings to stop these people is to decline to take up the invitation to have digital ID. Now, they will tell you that you won't be able to do A, B, and C. And I suggest you you should accept that. And, and campaign against it, but do not take up the digital ID. The more they threaten you with it to say, oh, well, you won't be able to drive your car or you won't be able to jump on an aeroplane. It's like, screw you. Who died and left you in charge? So why do I need to have a digital ID? You need, they need us to have digital ID. We don't need it. And, and I, I'm afraid I'll bang the drum that uh, I, I don't believe this is even going to be, a, as it were, a benign totalitarian control. Think about it, folks. If they deprive of us our ability to independently take care of ourselves, generate wealth, look after our families, do you really think they're going to operate the the, uh, the wheels of, of humanity's factories and just keep importing food for you to have? I think if they get us at this level of control, their, their goal must be to kill us. I know that sounds extreme, but I think it follows. And I'll just pause at that point. It does follow, and that is the end agenda that has been announced to the world since the 1960s. And in the Kissinger report that we covered a week ago, with Kissinger's World Population Classified Report to the U.S. government in 1974 that was declassified in 1989 and set the stage for the depopulation agenda agreed to in the Egypt Population Accords in 1994. America and the world listening. This is real. It is your life at stake. We must join together and stand against this evil. Join our crusade at truthforhealth.org. Sign up for our email alerts. Join and support our efforts to awaken the world to the evil. This is beyond communism from the past. This is communism on steroids, as Andrea warned in this program. Join us, speak out, stand against evil, and do not comply with the, the digital ID and central bank digital currency, your life and your freedom are at stake. We'll be back again next week with another vaccine report and more on the myths and lies of vaccination and bring you the truth from the data. 
This is Dr. Lee for America. Thank you for joining us today. 